Well, we are so thrilled to be here. It's already been an amazing weekend. Uh, we just love our Evangel family so much, and we're just excited to uh, just to be able to spend even more time with you today and later this afternoon uh, go out onto the streets. We had the privilege last night with Pastor Graham. We were just hanging around downtown after the uh, conference uh, ended for the evening, and we just had some really special encounters with people downtown. I wanted to invite, just to set this stage for um, for just what everything is going to happen today, we really got a heart for Bathurst last night. I really do believe like we began to see the people of just who you guys interact with on like a on a day to day basis just in this community, and it really has like gripped our hearts for this region. So, uh, Janelle, would you be willing to come up here and share just a little a quick testimony of some evangelism from last night? Yeah. So we were hanging out. I don't know. I don't what, I don't know what the name of the place was, but we're hanging out in the parking lot. We're just like in a circle praying and talking and hanging out. And um, there was this van parked like a few spots by us. And Matt spotted the van and he like went over to talk to the guy. And then the guy only spoke French. Um, so it was like, Janelle, come. Because um, I'm the only French speaking person that was there. Um, and so I go over and... Um, yeah, I was just trying to like kind of like figure out what was going on and started talking to this guy. His name was Marcel. Um, and yeah, so he is Catholic and he was talking, we were talking about God. We had a really good conversation. Um, and something that he probably said it like at least 10 times the whole time we were there. But I just thought it was so cool. So apparently um, every night he goes to the church um, and he does his like rosary and he prays. Um, and apparently last night he went down to that church um, and he was praying and he was feeling very discouraged because he's had like a very tough uh, like few years losing like like getting bankrupt and losing his job and then losing his wife and just a bunch of things. Um, and so he was just very discouraged last night. He was praying. He was like, Lord, like if you hear these prayers, like if I'm not just like doing my rosary for nothing, like if I'm not just praying and I'm annoying you, like let me know. He was like he was he was just like at his ends meet, if that makes sense. Um, and he was saying how, like, sometimes I, like, think he might get signs from the Lord or, like, answers to prayers, but, like, he's not quite sure. It's, like, not really clear. Um, but then he was, like, when you guys showed up to, like, my van, like, this is, like, clear as day. He was, like, like, I can't get a clearer sign than just, like, you guys just coming to talk to me about God and wanting to pray for me and encouraging me. Um, and he was just so in awe, like, literally, like, like I said, he said he repeated it like at least ten times because he couldn't get over the fact that he prayed that God heard his prayers and that he sent us to go to him um, to encourage him and to like show, um, yeah, like to like remind him like the goodness of God, literally. Um, so we just got to talk to him and encourage him a bunch. Um, I got to like help him out, like like just teach him to like silence the voice of the enemy and his own voice. Um, before he prays, he's trying to hear the voice of the Lord. Just like a bunch of little practical things like that. But he was just so encouraged. And like it was it was really refreshing um, for me too, just to like see his like like willingness and his like he was like he 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 wanted it, right? He was like he was desperate for it in a sense. He was looking for it, um, but he just didn't know if he could like believe. But like 
you know, like, the Lord literally saw that and made it happen. And, like, we, we keep saying that we feel like Bathurst is, like, the, the harvest is ripe. Um, and, like, people are ready. And so I'm so excited. Like, that was super random. Like, we didn't plan that at all, and it happened. And so I'm just so excited for what the Lord has planned later. And I believe that like, we'll, we will have many more encounters like that, even greater encounters than that um, later today. So I'm super excited. Yes. Yeah, last night was incredible. We weren't planning on doing evangelism. Uh, we just went downtown to uh, down to the boardwalk to watch the sunset. And I will say this: I've only I had previously most of my experiences in Bathurst have been in the winter, and seeing just the gorgeousness of like a summer in Bathurst was like really like caught me by surprise. It was beautiful. I you're you're yeah. Anyways, but but while we were down there at the boardwalk, just so many. Uh, like just precious souls. Um, Jesse had like a 10-minute conversation with one guy and, and uh, was able to connect him to the pastoral team. We, uh, during, and we talked with a group of people who were visiting from uh, out, out of province for a family gathering. That was so good. I, like we left for a while when um, Janelle and Matt were over at the, at, at the van talking to the guy. And just to tell you about the quality of that conversation, like we talked to probably like, we went all the way down the main street. We, <laughs> we talked to like three other groups and had a long conversation with a guy named Frederick. Uh, and we got back and they were still talking to this guy in the car and he was in rap, like he was just like so intent on what they were saying. So it's just so cool to see what God is doing through that conversation and so excited for many more conversations today. I just think that that's a sign us of just like an encounter with somebody who'd been crying out to God, asking him for a sign and having an evangelist walk up to him and say, okay, that God hears your prayers and he wants you to dive into what it means to have a relationship with him was what he, the answer to his prayer. I believe that all over this city of Bathurst, there's many people who have been hurt by the church. Uh, uh, one of the predominant things was people who had been hurt by the Catholic church was we ran into many, many people. And um, that was one of the predominant storylines. And being able to reintroduce them to the man Jesus, not to a church, but to the man Jesus, was so impactful. And, um, and I think that'll be a pattern that we see emerge even this afternoon. Anyways, um, uh, that, that wasn't, that's not the uh, substance of my message. I just wanted to start with that by saying, oh, man, we love Bathurst. It's beautiful here. And we love you guys and your heart for this city. It's really incredible. Um, we're, we're, you guys are blessed to have a pastoral team with vision and um, with vision for the region. Just talking with Pastor Graham and Andrew about what the, what's on their hearts for this region um, is, it, well, one, is from God, and two, it is full of the direction that is needed to uh, kind of steward what the Lord is doing here in this region, and I'm just so excited to um, continue uh, the relationship between Gather to Go and Evangel as we see the evangelization of the region. It's, it's uh, really exciting. This morning, I'm going to be talking to you from uh, Matthew 13, to start at least, um, and and uh, Yes. We're going to read the parable of the sower. 
starting at verse 3, it says, Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, and they did not have much soil. They sprang up quickly because the soil was not deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched because they did not have sufficient root, and they withered. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and they grew up and choked them. But other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundred times as much, some sixty, and some thirties. The one who has ears to hear had better listen. Jesus later interprets this passage because the disciples didn't get it quite at first. And he talks about how um, some of them are snatched away by prosperity and by, um, and by good things in the world, and others wither under the heat of the hard things of the world, like persecution and people um, rejecting them because of their faith in Jesus. Those are the two things that, G- that, that God highlights that pull people away from God, which can be the good and the bad. And so the thing is that in our culture in North America, we do see regularly people being snatched away from the church by, um, by, just by that pursuit after riches um, that the Bible compares um, to the people who sprang up quickly because the soil was not deep. Um, and, and so we see that, that, um, that we see those seeds being snatched away from the church regularly. And that's as it should be. The Lord has designed it this way, that, that these natural processes will weed through the church and we will be left with um, the, the fruit-bearing people inside the church. But one thing that I've noticed is that the, the seeds that fall among the thorns and it chokes them... <clears throat> That, that sometimes in our church, we haven't yet seen the fullness of the hard things that can come. I think of the Iranian church, and uh, many of us may not know this, but the Iranian church in, in persecuted Iran is the fastest growing church in the entire world, which is incredible. Praise God. They see real deal persecution every day, where even to share the gospel or to be a Christian is illegal in those countries. And yet, the, the gospel is growing quickly because it is made up of people who are those hundred times uh, fruit bearers that God talks about in this parable. And I think that because we have not fully experienced persecution in our land, we haven't had the privilege to, um, to, to, uh, to see the church shrink down to just the seeds that will endure. And I believe that persecution, the Lord uses persecution um, to strengthen the church in a powerful way. This is this interesting fact that the church grew exponentially right from the time that Jesus died and the church began all the way up until it was legalized in the Roman Empire, Empire and became the state religion. Isn't that crazy? That the church grew all the way up until that time and then it became a little bit more stagnant until it spread out into other regions where it was illegal. But the thing is, is that it's not persecution 
that is the impetus for church growth. It is when people rely on the Holy Spirit for every day that, they, that, they, that the church grows. And it's just because the church has been forced in those regions to rely deeply on the Holy Spirit that every single believer, when these moments come, they have to, of persecution, they have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you today that we can see the same phenomena of rapid multiplication of the body of Christ, of the lost coming to Christ, even without the same situation as the underground churches in China and Iran have. We can see that by learning, even in our land of prosperity and comfort, to rely on the Holy Spirit every day for every move we make. That I've, I've been in these places of you're just so out of your comfort zone, and you walk and you're like, you have no option but to pray, God, where will, what's my next step? Who do I talk to? I know that any, like, that wrong things could get me in trouble here. And it, it convicts me because I know, oh, this isn't how I walk in my everyday life. I don't walk downtown sometimes and ask the Lord, what is my next step in this location? How can I hear your voice in this moment? But the good news is that we as a church can learn to live with that same spirit focus of listening to God's heart every moment, just like the underground church is forced to. And we can see the same fruit because relying on Jesus is the key aspect. Relying on the Holy Spirit for every moment of every day. Yes, so I I really do believe that one of the ways that we can learn to do this is by getting out of our comfort zones. That, that, um, of course, Christianity is uncomfortable in Iran, but Christianity, if we don't uh, get ourselves out of our comfort zones regularly in, in North America, sometimes we can slip out of that place of relying on the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you, nothing has forced me to rely on the Holy Spirit like evangelism because it is so out of my capabilities. I, um, I personally struggled with social anxiety a lot. I was homeschooled as I grew up, so I had very minimal social interaction. Um, and so when I, <laughs> and, uh, this is how it was. And, uh, and so when I got into university, I was kind of amazed with the, the amount of social interaction that happened, and, I, and I, was, I was struck by social anxiety for so much. The Lord used evangelism and stepping out to share the gospel as the way of breaking that off of me. Because I began to rely on the Holy Spirit, not on my own strength of social abilities, to guide me through every day. Um, And and so I just want to encourage us today. I'm going to get into one more aspect that I believe is key for us to learn, to grow into that obedience that the underground church has. Um, One thing that I thought was just incredible about the underground church um, is the level of sacrifice. That, that they make on a day-to-day basis for the gospel. Um, is sacrifice is that other area that we can begin to step out in that begins, to, um, that begins to allow us to rely on the Holy Spirit more every day. In Iran, um, 
evangelism isn't just something that you can do on a whim. You have to intentionally pray and get a word of the Lord, Holy Spirit, about who it is safe to share the gospel with. And once you start sharing the gospel with somebody, you better not stop because they have to get all the way into the church as a sold-out believer, or else if they fall away, <laughs> it can be really bad for you and your, and, your, and your group of believers. So they have this intentional, I'm going to praise the Lord, ask him to, um, to give me people of peace to talk to, and I'm going to bring them all the way into the church. But the crazy thing is that every single believer in Iran is active in that because that's the faith of the person who led them to the Lord. They catch that same thing by the holy, power of the Holy Spirit, and they walk in it as, as they are believers as well, which is incredible. And so the church growth is primarily not led by these huge leaders. They don't have celebrity pastors in Iran, but the everyday believer is equipped to be able to hear the voice of God and to go out onto the streets and filled with the Holy Spirit, lead somebody to the Lord and disciple them through the basics of Christianity. And that is my dream for the North American church. I believe that the Lord, by impactful encounters with the Holy Spirit, is raising up the church even where it doesn't, isn't forced to by persecution, to have that same reliance on the Holy Spirit every day. <clears throat> if we flip over to Mark, chapter 10 and verse 17 to 31. Now as Jesus was starting out on his way, Someone ran up to him, fell on his knees, and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. The man said to him, Teacher, I have wholeheartedly obeyed all these laws since my youth. As Jesus looked at him, he felt love for him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell whatever you have and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But at this statement, the man looked sad and went away sorrowful, for he was very rich. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were astonished at these words. But again Jesus said to them, Children, how hard is it for it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and replied, This is impossible for mere humans, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to speak to him, Look, we have left everything to follow you. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. There is one who has, there is no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive in this age a hundred times as much. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, all with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. 
just looking at the statistics across the world, the majority, 95% of the Earth's population easily fits into a, a poverty bracket well below our own stay in North America. That the majority of people live in India and uh, China and Africa in places that do not have the same material possessions that we do. The same comfort on a day-to-day basis. Even the same social, um, the social wealth that we have of having a stable, uh, a stable government. Um, we, we're so privileged to live where we live. But we do have to realize that that makes every single person in this building, we are blessed and we are in a sense the rich young ruler. We have to make the same sacrifices that the rich young ruler did. Many of us in this building today have followed God all of our lives. We have followed the word of God and I believe strongly, I've heard Pastor Andrew preach, you guys know the word of the Lord because you hear it every Sunday. It is preached with uh, power and conviction, and um, and we are and I truly believe that the Bible is the center of what goes on at Evangel. Praise God. <laughs> um, but even just following the, those commands, Jesus said, "Okay, you're doing great. I love you." The Bible says that Jesus looked at the young man and he said, "I, I had he had love for them. The Lord loves this body so much." He says. Okay, the last step as you begin to follow me is make this sacrifice for my kingdom. And you will, and the, he says, you, the, of the hundredfold promise on the other side. Now, giving up riches is not necessarily what Jesus is trying to get at here. He wants the, there, anything that we exalt above Jesus that we cannot give up to serve Jesus is what is called an idol. It's any, an idol is anything that we exalt above Jesus that we cannot give up to receive Jesus. And, and what Jesus is getting at is he saw to that man's heart and he saw that his wealthiness was, not, was, was the thing that he was holding on to that he could not give up to follow Jesus. And I will tell us here in North America, we may not all be monetarily wealthy, but I know that we are all wealthy in comfort. That, there is, there, that the Lord wants us to make a sacrifice. If, if we have exalted comfort over, and we can't give it up to follow Jesus, he's, he says, add this one thing to your obedience to the gospel. Just make a sacrifice for me. And today, I just want to urge us to take a look at our lives. Is there anything that we cannot give up to serve Jesus? Is there, what is nearest and dearest to us? Can we give that up to see the kingdom of God advance? Because the Bible gives us a promise. It's a hopeful promise. We will receive hundredfold more in this life and the life to come. I just want to say that this is the love that Jesus gave us. This is the love that Jesus gave us. Jesus was God. He reigned in heaven. He had incredible, incredible, everything, power, wealth, authority. And the Bible says he emptied himself and became in form like a man. Why did he do this? To love you and I. 
now we love because Christ first loved us. And we love in the same way that Jesus loved us. That our job as the church is to empty ourselves and serve just like Jesus emptied himself to serve us, to reach the lost. That is the heart of Jesus. That is the love of Christ. That we now, because we were first loved, we walk in that same love today. And I see a church that has truly met the love of Christ. And I believe that, the, that we are in a season of emptying out ourselves out of all the comfort of all of, the, of our comfort zones. And we are stepping into that love that Christ, of becoming a servant to our community. Of emptying ourselves of, of our rights, of our comforts, and beginning to serve the lost. Because that's what Jesus did for us. One more thing that I want to mention that I think the Lord might be calling us to release is our reputation. And I know for my generation that this is big. High school, university, how you are seen by your peers is so important. And I know this is also true at workplaces. Uh, often we are afraid to share the gospel with somebody because what about our reputation? People won't, might not <laughs> think the same way about us after they find out how burning we are inside for the gospel. And the Pharisees saw that this marked Jesus. They looked at Jesus and they, they actually said to him, we see that you don't care for the opinions of man. That they actually pointed that out, that it was undeniable about Jesus, that the, how people thought about him couldn't determine how he acted. He would do what he knew was right no matter what. And, and I want to encourage us, all these places of reputation, of how people see us, that that is another thing, that we are rich in that. And maybe the Lord is asking us to lay that at his feet and give it up. And I promise, and he says once again, anyone who gives up for me will receive a hundred times more. I know that the applause in heaven for the person who gives up his reputation will be far greater than any co-worker's pat on the back that you will lose if you speak about Jesus. I will tell you that right now. That God's well-done, good, and faithful servant, it's hard to see it now, but in heaven, that will be more validation that you would receive in a lifetime of success on earth. <clears throat> I just, I just find it interesting how Jesus didn't beg. Even though he loved the rich young ruler, he didn't beg him to follow him. He said, this is the cost of following me. Um, he's looking for the hundredfold fruit bearers because everybody else will, the, the other seeds will wither and die, according to that parable. And he, he wanted to see if the rich young ruler was, uh, was willing to be that hundredfold fruit to, to, to invest in the kingdom of God with his reputation, with his rights, with his, how he was seen. <clears throat> he, didn't, he didn't beg for the rich young ruler to follow him. He challenged him. And today, I want to close out my message tonight with a challenge 
to us. I believe evangel is named prophetically, that there is good news in this church, that there's going to be a hundredfold harvest at this church. I really do believe that this church can see a hundredfold harvest. And I want to challenge every person under the sound of my voice. Let's see, let's go beyond just following the basic instructions of a Christian. And let's make a sacrifice for the sake of the gospel, of stepping out of our comfort zones to serve the lost, and let's see God bring that hundredfold return that he has promised to those who do so. And so, um, yeah, let, let's just all bow our hearts and, and just begin to pray together. Lord, we earnestly desire to follow you. Just like that rich young ruler approached you, Lord, how can I, how can I follow you, Jesus? We're approaching you now. And God, I just ask, Jesus, I ask for your face to be in all of our vision right now, for us just to see a clear picture of who you are. We desire to follow you. Right now, Jesus, Lord, we say that, yes, we have followed the Bible, Lord, that we have, we have, um, that, that your instructions in that, Lord, that we are committed to that. And Jesus, we ask you to challenge us today. Lord, I just ask that you would give, bring to our minds things that we need to surrender to you, any idol that we have lifted up before you, Jesus. Right now, Lord, we ask that you would bring it to our mind. Just allow the Lord to speak that to you. Just allow the Lord to speak something to you. If there's something that the Lord is asking, maybe it's our reputation. Maybe it's our family. Maybe it is wealth. Maybe it is our comfort zone. And if any of that seems right now, too hard to give up to see the kingdom of God come, I, kn- I have this thankfulness that the Holy Spirit enables what wasn't possible before. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would sweep over the congregation right now, Lord. Lord, my heart, God, I, Lord, so many times I fail to step out of my comfort zone to serve you, Jesus. I resist the prodding of your Holy Spirit, and I repent for that, Lord, right now, Jesus. And I ask that you give your Holy Spirit generously to those who ask. Right now, across this room, just if you feel this on your heart, cry out for the Holy Spirit to give you that courage to step out beyond. In your own words, just cry out to the Lord. Jesus, I ask for the Holy Spirit, God. I ask for the Holy Spirit to give us boldness, to step out of our comfort zones, Lord, to be able to sacrifice our reputations for your gospel, Jesus. To be able to uh, give up how our family, how our friends see us, God. To be able to follow what you say. Lord, and we know that it will be worth so much more to see them with us in heaven, Jesus, than to have comfort with them here on earth. And Lord, we just ask, God, for your heart for them, Jesus, right now. 
I pray for the Holy Spirit to embolden everybody under the sound of my voice. Lord, would you just continue to bring those things to mind, Jesus? Those things that we need to give unto you, Jesus. Yeah, and the Lord's just even bringing to my mind a few relationships where I've been so timid about my true identity in Christ, and he's just asking me to just walk in boldness there. Yes, God, continue to bring up those relationships, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We're going to close with another song, and then Pastor Andrew is going to close us out in a word of prayer and maybe a short thought. But during this song, if you feel the Lord asking you something like we've been talking, and you you want to surrender that at the foot of the cross, I just want to encourage you to come forward and pray with us and to come to the altar and pray over it because the Lord can and will give you the courage to do all of that is a promise is a promise and that's incredible news so um we're gonna sing build my life and i just i just urge you to echo the words of this song in your heart as we sing and uh let's just uh, enter into the presence of god and worship again <laughs>